It's a gospel on the radio talk show. A show about dreams and visions and a church that is indeed triumphant, alive, and well. For the church triumphant is alive and well. Hello, Tallahassee. This is the Gospel on the Radio Talk Show. I'm Pastor Jack King. I am your host and uh, just another wonderful day to be able to bring to you the Word of God through talk and a little bit of music today as well. It's always just good just to be able to spend this time with you and hopefully you're uh, preparing for church this morning. Maybe you're even on your way or maybe you're about to get in the car and uh, head on off to church. I hope that you are planning to do that, but perhaps maybe you hadn't thought about church today and you might even say, well, I don't even know where I'd go. Well, I got an answer for you, and that would be the church that I pastor. It's Freedom Road Christian Ministry, 720 Capital Circle Northeast in a Crescent Park Plaza. You can find us on the web, frcm.us. We start at 11.05, so you've got plenty of time. But I say this is a show about dreams and visions and a church triumphant alive and well we talk about the church the glorious kingdom of god few rules we don't talk sports politics doctrine but we do always speak well of one another we've been doing it now for uh something over 20 years show number 1145 today (laughs) that's a lot of talking over a lot of years, but, uh, well, there's a lot to be said about the kingdom of God and God's glorious church. Last Sunday, we uh, spent some time talking about Israel, and, uh, well, I said this because I was recording on a Tuesday, and, uh, of course, the show airs on Sunday morning at 8 o'clock. I said, well, it may be all over. The time that uh, we get back to you on Sunday and the show actually airs, well, of course, it isn't over. And uh, I have just been uh, seeing as much of it as I can as far as listening to it on the radio stuff. I have seen a little bit on television now, uh, some images, and uh, I've seen some of the destruction there in Jerusalem. And, uh, well, it's just heartbreaking it just is and uh today uh we heard about a hospital being blown up and uh um well it's just uh hard to think about death and and i'm just um i'm pro-israel just to be uh, honest with you and forthright i'm i'm a i pray for israel at the end of every show because i believe in uh uh, it is God's uh, place. It's God's people. And uh, we talked about that last week on the broadcast about uh, the history of, of Israel and, and, and all the things that's involved in that. So we're not going to repeat all of that again. But the thing is that, uh, well, war is an ugly thing. And uh, I hate war. I hate to even hear about people killing one another. And, uh, but we know who who uh, is the ultimate root of all of that, that uh, we're living in a world 
that uh, there's a lot of hatred in this world. And I don't understand hatred because that's not what's in my heart. And uh, times in my life when uh, I might find myself in, in conflict with somebody, I just began to pray. I said, Lord, don't allow any bitterness, any bitterness to take root in my heart. Father God, I rebuke that in the name of Jesus and I take authority over it. There have been a few times when uh, I found myself involved in some conflict concerning ministry. And uh, the Lord just showed me, says, you cannot continue in ministry if you have bitterness in your heart. You have to step out. You cannot be a pastor or a spiritual leader if you have bitterness in your heart. And I may be talking to somebody today. Uh, if you're a, Maybe you're a pastor or you're in some type of uh, – uh, spiritual leadership, and you're finding yourself in in, uh, in uh, some type of a controversy with somebody. Well, I'm just telling you, you cannot be a leader, a spiritual leader, and be led by the Spirit if you have bitterness in your heart. You've got to deal with that expression. You have to guard your heart. Guard your heart. And uh, begin to just confess, Father, I forgive. I forgive. And when the devil comes to tell you that you haven't forgiven, you tell him that he is a liar. And he needs to head on back down to the pits of hell where he came from. And you rebuke him and bind him and you keep confessing, I forgive. Because you cannot serve with bitterness in your heart. So, that's the way I feel about bitterness and resentment and anger. And uh, I believe it's all from the devil. That's just my feeling. So anyway, that's just uh want to clear that off because uh, that's not our topic for today. But we uh, oftentimes talk about what God lays on my heart when I don't have a guest in the studio, which reminds me to invite you. I love having people here that I can interview, and we can talk about what's on your heart, your passion, your passion. And I say that's what drives this show is passion. What are you doing for the Lord? What are you involved in out there? Are you uh, involved in youth ministry? Are you involved in uh, maybe a, a ladies' ministry of some sort? Perhaps you're one of those people that love to go to the jail, Praise God for you folks who love to go out to the prisons and minister. And uh, perhaps maybe you're a pastor or maybe a missionary. I'd love to have you on the broadcast. Give me a call. We'll set up a time. We pre-record generally on Tuesday evenings. That's my favorite time. And it um, takes about two hours from the time you walk in the door of the church to the time you leave. It'll take you about two hours. And uh, we'll get it done. And I think you'll enjoy it. Most people do. They come here and they, a lot of times people are apprehensive. They've never done this type of thing before. And next thing you know, they're, they're just pros at it. <laughs> and they're saying, oh, this is fun. Because it is. But uh, you got to call me. Air code 850-567-1703. Podcast. You can find me on the podcast. Uh, just type in Pastor Jack King, Tallahassee. Just type that in. And uh, 
It'll show you all kinds of uh, content from the different shows we've done, the the, uh, uh, talk show and the daily broadcast. They're all on the podcast. You can find them there, and you can listen to them, and and, uh, you can be – you have enough content to get to wherever you're going. If you're traveling someplace, just plug it in. You'll you'll enjoy it. It's a lot of God's Word and uh, a lot of interviews and different things we've done here on the talk show. You won't find the music show there, unfortunately. I can't do that, but uh, we'd love to. I wish I could, but – not at that point yet, but you can find a lot of content there on the podcast. I'm encouraging you to do that. You can listen to this show again, share it with a friend, or if you want to hear the show about Israel, that's on there too. Of course, that would be uh, 1,144. So lots of good things for you there. And uh, and just, uh, just to mention, the daily broadcast is Monday through Friday here on 94.1 at 11 o'clock. And then the... Saturday Night Gospel Sing is Saturday nights at 7 o'clock. And, of course, this show, the Gospel on the Radio talk show, Sunday mornings at 8 o'clock here on 94.1. Well, I just want to mention something else here. Last uh, Saturday, we had our uh, fall carnival at Freedom Road. And, of course, now we're meeting in a storefront now. Our building is being used and occupied by another congregation and so we've been over that storefront for a while, and uh, well, it's a little bit more different. I want to—I want—I was going to say difficult, but then I don't want to say that. It's just different there because, uh, well, all, all there is is just a parking lot out there. We don't have any grass like we do at the Eighth Avenue building, <laughs> and so you have to adapt to it. And of course, we've also got neighbors there in the in the little uh, line of shops that are there, and so we have to make sure that they're not doing something in particular that day. So we pulled it off and uh, had the carnival. We had games, uh, just all kinds of uh, little games for children and stuff. I had uh, the uh, cornhole and uh, a tire set up where you can throw a football through it. And those are what I was called skill games or challenge games. And I put a um, a whiteboard out there. And so I said, well, you've got, with the basketball, you got 10 shots. And uh Whoever gets the most out of 10, your name goes on the board, or you're the champion now until somebody else comes and knocks you off. Well, I took my time, and uh, I got 7 out of 10. And I was feeling pretty good about that. And then uh, one of the gentlemen from the church comes along and uh, ties me. Well, in the meantime, uh, my game that I was manning was uh, um, a, a balloon pop. Basically, it's just uh, some balloons on a piece of sheetrock and, uh, and a dart. And uh, you can come and pop a balloon. If you pop the balloon, you got a prize. And so I was manning that. But right before we were finishing things up, I said, I'm going to go take care of my record over here. And I went in uh, eight out of ten. Not bad. But then again, one of, uh, one of the brethren said, Pastor King, I didn't know. I didn't know you could shoot a basketball like that. And I said, hey. I'm from Kentucky. That's all I need to say. I am from Kentucky. <laughs> you know what I mean. <laughs> uh, we play basketball in Kentucky. So back to the balloon pop. Um, I don't know. This always seems to be a very popular game. I've done this carnival now in several different places, and everybody seems to like the balloon pop. And uh, the children, 
the children, they, they like this little game. And we had a little, little boy named Levi. He, he came up, and he's about, mm, I'm guessing, maybe four. And, uh, of course, he was instructed, just take the, take the dart and throw it. And, buddy, he reared back through that thing, popped it, got the first time. <laughs> we had children just having, just having fun. And our objective was, was just to meet people and uh, to do ministry. And we had an opportunity to do that as well. Had a chance to pray with some people and, uh, and minister to people as well. And so uh, those of you who came out, I hope you had a good time. Uh, appreciate you coming. We had uh, cotton candy and had uh, popcorn, and we had hot dogs for people and lots and lots of candy. <laughs> and uh, people enjoyed themselves. So. We do these things from time to time. We have, uh, this is what we call an outreach event. It was, it was uh, intended to be an outreach event for the community. And then we have uh, things that we do that are, that are more designed for just a church family. And we do those as well. We'll have a, a fall, uh, what we call a fam- fall family fun night. And uh, we do that at a private location. And that's just for the church family. Now, we tell the church family, say, hey, invite your friends, invite anybody you want. But we don't publicize those type of events. Those are for the family to just bring the church family together. And that kind of gives you a little insight into Freedom Road and who we are. We're just people who love the Lord and uh, love uh, music. And uh, my congregation, they tell me they love the preaching of the word. And I'm a word preacher. I go to the Bible. You you'll find if I if you come worship with us at Freedom Road, I I stay close to the scriptures because uh, I believe the word is precious. It's very very important. Now something else I want to share with you. But I think what I'll do though, I'll go ahead and uh, let's enjoy a little music, and then we'll then we'll come back and. Uh, Penrod, I will sing of my Redeemer. He paid the debt and made me free. Made me free. Yes, he did. He paid the debt and he made me free. It's Mr. Guy Penrod here today on the Gospel on the Radio talk show, playing a little gospel music for you, and just talking about the things of the Lord, talking about the church, talking about God's glorious kingdom, and I'd love to talk about you. If you want to give me a call, and let's set up a time to interview you and, and whatever God's doing in your life and your ministry, I'd love to share it with his radio audience. Call me, area code 850 567 one seven zero three. Now, uh, at our um, fall retreat for our pastors, uh, I'm a part of the Open Bible Churches of the Southeast Region, and uh, so about every two years we do these retreats. They kind of mix things up. We have spring conference one year, and then the next year we'll have the fall retreat, and then uh, intermingling there is the uh, national convention. And uh, that's when all the regions come together. So anyway, uh, my wife and I were able to go down to the retreat down in Sarasota. I had a wonderful time. 
love the uh, fellowship of the southeast region we've been in it uh for well, 45 years or so and uh love just love our pastors and um, it's just a wonderful time well while we were there they were presenting some awards and uh i was presented award and uh this award basically said pastor jack king uh just commendation for years of service in the next generation the next generation Basically, that means young people, and uh, that's been a very much a part of my ministry. And I, use, I even frowned at that word, my. It's this is just a ministry, uh, the ministry that God has given me to do. And of course, I was doing youth. Uh, well, actually, uh, doing both um, the radio broadcasting ministry, something I'm involved in. But I was out of that for twenty years before God brought me back to it. But I've been doing youth consistently for a long, long time. And uh, I've seen, uh, basically, let's, let's put it this way. Uh, I had my brother-in-law, Greg, at uh, the youth camp when uh, he, was, he was a boy. <laughs> and he, he went several years. And then later, I've had his children <laughs> in, in my youth camp. And... Uh, that's just the way it's been. I've been doing it for a long, long time. And, uh, of course, uh, ran the youth camps and things for the southeast region from uh, 87 to 2012. Was involved in it since 1980 as the associate to the director. And then uh, 2013, started Christian Youth Ministries International, another youth camp. Been doing that right along up until this last year. And... Uh, so anyway, I've been working with young people. And so, and I knew that uh, they were going to be presenting the award. There were other people who received awards too, so I don't want to, uh, I don't want to miss that point. But uh, Brother, Brother Hagen, our regional director, he called me and said, just want to make sure I was coming. And uh, he said they had a little, a little appreciation plaque. That's, that's what it was they wanted to give me. And uh, so I knew it was going to happen. And, uh, I had received a letter back right after I uh, stepped out of the uh, position as youth director for the Southeast region in 2012, and uh, it was a very touching letter. And uh, I think I had showed it to my wife, but I really hadn't shared it with anybody else. But uh, I just felt impressed to have that letter read. So when they presented me the award, I asked the uh, um, uh, Sister Hagen, who, who brought me the award, if she would have her husband uh, read it. And I'm not going to read the letter to you, but I'm just going to tell you basically what she said. She said, Pastor King, she said, uh, we were all just uh, young teenagers, scared about life, not sure exactly what direction we were going. But as we have become adults, we look back and we remember the things that you've taught us. And uh, I tell you what, it, it touches my heart every time I read it. And I'm, uh, I'm hoping that someday I'll get a book finished. I've been trying to get back to writing books. I've got one published already. And then uh, 
Um, anyway, the the book will be called "It Was My Privilege," and it'll be my story about my years of youth work in the Southeast region. But uh, the thing is that to have a letter like that that ministers to me is such a blessing. So anyway, that letter is going to be in the book if it ever gets finished. <laughs> and, uh, but here's here's the point: we are dealing with things i believe in our world today that the current generation of young people are having to contend with that uh, we did not have to contend with i know i know we we had our own struggles i'm a child of the 60s i know about the struggles but uh there are things that i have become even more aware of in the last, uh, let's say, last, last month, maybe. And, uh, and it's because of a book. And I think I have mentioned the book to you here on this show. I think maybe even on the talk, on the music show, I've mentioned this book that I, that, uh, well, I heard about the book and I told my wife about it and she went and ordered it for me. And the, uh, the book is called The Return of the Gods. Some of you may have read it. It's by Jonathan Kahn. I want to make sure I give him credit for the book. But uh, here's the thing that uh, he builds the premise of the book around. And he has so much information. It's just amazing. And, and it's just so eye-opening. And, and it causes me to understand what's happening in our society much more than I ever did before. And I've been a pastor for a long time, and I've, I've seen the changes in society, and it's, it's extreme. And anybody, you're out there listening, and you're near my age, then you know what I'm talking about. You've seen it. You've seen what's going on in the world, and now things are changing Society is changing things that we never would have even thought of and even dreamed of just a few years back are happening right before our eyes. And, and uh, if you're like me, I'm going to say, where did that come from? I didn't see that coming. I didn't know. And then all of a sudden you're just saying, this is, this is unusual. Well, he, he builds everything around a scripture. And it's Matthew chapter 12 Verses 43, verse 45. And I'm going to read it to you, so you're going to have to stay with me because I know what it's like when you're hearing somebody reading on the radio. Sometimes it's hard to stay with them. And I have to be honest with you. I have read this scripture many, many times because you know I'm a daily Bible reader and I read through the Gospels every four months and uh, never really understood it, quite frankly. <laughs> Just never really Grabbed it, and every time I read it, I had the same impression. I said, "I don't quite understand what this scripture is talking about." But having read the book, I get it now. So here we go: Matthew chapter twelve, verse forty-three. When the unclean spirit is gone out of a man, he walketh through dry places seeking rest. And finest none. That's that's the first verse, verse forty three. So it says when the unclean spirit leaves a man and he's he's out there. And it says, 
verse 12, or chapter 12, verse 44. Then he saith, I will return into my house from whence I came out. And when he comes, he finds it empty, swept, and garneth. In other words, he comes back, finds it empty. Verse 45. Then goeth he and taketh with himself seven other spirits, more wicked than himself. And they enter in and they dwell there, and they and this the last state is worse than the first state. Even so shall it be also unto this wicked generation. So this is what uh Mr. Khan has explained to us. And uh, basically he goes back and he talks about the uh spirits of other societies and uh, how the different cultures all fell into the same demise. They were led by these uh, spirits or gods that we read about in the Bible. They're in the Bible. <laughs> they're, they're right there. You read about them. But he talks about how that when Jesus Christ came on the scene, and uh, as Scripture says, uh, he became flesh and dwelt among us. And he began to preach and he began to teach. And he began to talk to the people about spiritual things. And their hearts were changed. And uh, the Spirit of Christ, the Spirit of the Holy Spirit, what we would call it the revival spirit, began to grip the hearts of a generation. And their hearts turned away from the idols. They turned away from the false gods. And they began to follow the true and the living God. They were led by the Holy Spirit, and they had no need for these false gods. And so the false gods, they looked around in their, their temples and their Things were, and their idols were not being worshipped. And so they went into hiding, and that's, that's it's been. Generation comes, generation goes. And then there's America, a land who, in our beginning days, uh, some people want to debate this. They say, well, we really weren't a Christian nation in the beginning. Well, that's not what I see, and that's not what I understand. And um, a generation who saw God. And I will grant you that through the years, there have been great revival movements which have once again stirred the people and uh, brought people's hearts back to God. But the anchor, the anchor through all these years I'm talking about us as a nation, America, has been the Word of God. And uh, we, we had a relationship with the Word of God. Our Supreme Court has the Ten Commandments there. And when uh, different institutions would, would open up for the day, they, they'd read the Word of God. And the Word of God was, was very uh, readily shared around humanity. 
And then there came that fateful day when uh, our Supreme Court said uh, the word of God is not welcome here. Well, see, I'm, I'm of the generation. Uh, I grew up, I, I went to school in the 50s, went to school in the 60s. Uh, so I remember the days when uh, our teacher would uh, read a scripture and then we'd pray, we'd do the Pledge of Allegiance, and sometimes we'd sing some other songs as well. And that was just part of our day. So the word was heard. Even if a person didn't go to church, there was the word. But then the word was silenced all across the land. And you say, well, okay, there are no repercussions of that. But indeed, there were. And this is the scriptures that we just read. He says, basically, when uh, the house has been vacated, then that gives license for other spirits to come in. And uh, so he documents it, the things that begin to happen throughout the uh, generations. And then uh, we hit the 60s. And like I say, I'm a child of the 60s. <laughs> and uh, it's just amazing to me as I look back now that here, uh, this kid who grew up on a farm in Kentucky and went to a little local church, a Sunrise Christian Church, started going there when I was, my mother took me and my brothers there, I'm the youngest, I was about two years of age, so I don't remember a life without church, without being a part of a church. All of a sudden, you know, I, I remember... <laughs> Uh, I'm in high school. This is around like 1968. And uh, I, we had a class. Uh, I don't know whether it was history class or maybe. I, I'm not sure. But anyway, my, I remember our, our teacher. She was a very uh, young, very attractive young young lady. She brought the Look and Life magazines to the classroom and Begin to show us pictures of the hippies and uh, uh, all that sort of I'd never heard of anything. I didn't know anything about it. I mean, like I say, I lived on a farm. And uh, I didn't know anything about hippies or the counter-revolution or anything. Things. I mean, I've, I'd heard of the Beatles. <laughs> and uh, here I am, this naive young kid driving this 1965 Chevrolet Impala uh, from Cynthiana to down toward Claysville, listening to uh, talk about a revolution. I'm just singing a song. I have no clue what they're talking about, what they're singing about. I didn't know anything about all that sort of thing. But I guarantee you, there are spiritual forces at work that was changing the hearts and the culture of the people. And... Um, I'll share this, and then I'll play a little bit more music. Uh, what we're seeing now is all a product of this, and we're seeing it in the sexual revolution that has gone from, quote, the sexual revolution to now to where there is a totally different warfare between 
the biological makeup of humanity. In other words, confusing people who even who they are. As you, you were born one way, and next thing you know, you're convinced that you're something else. And uh, what Mr. Khan explains to us in the book is that the, the revolution began with just the uh, uh, infidelity within the bonds of marriage. All of this began to be questioned and challenged. And that was the whole point about the, quote, revolution. Um, you know, the words, uh, singers were saying, it feels good, do it. And so the, the understanding that we had as a culture about commitment and these type of things are now being challenged and it, it took a few years for it to cross over into sexual identity. And uh, he said that didn't happen until the late 60s, early 70s, which explained to me what happened in uh, 1972. I was, of course, in the Navy, stationed aboard the USS Lexington out of Pensacola, and we took the Lexington up the Mississippi River to New Orleans. And... Uh, we spent a weekend there in New Orleans, and I remember walking down Bourbon Street in 1972, and uh, of course, all the different bars and stuff like that, and the uh, things that you'd see on Bourbon Street. Well, we came back, did the same thing in 1974, but it was different, because in 1972, there were no female Personators, but there were in 1974. And uh, I took one walk down Bourbon Street and I never went back. But I remember that very distinctly, which explains, Mr. Kahn explains this that this is where we have gone as a culture. Well, this brings us back to our discussion. Of the next generation and uh, I think there's some things that we need to discuss but right now I'll play you some music Mark Tramble Quartet There's joy along each mile I go That's right. It's a battle. I'm just here to tell you. This is Pastor Jack King. This is the uh, Gospel on the Radio talk show here on 94.1. I'm just talking straight to you today. It is a battle. It's a battle for the souls of the next generation. And uh, these young people are the pawns out there. And so, well, Pastor King... What are we supposed to do? <laughs> well, first of all, let me just identify what I see. And uh, like I told you, I've, I've been working with young people since I was a young person. And I'm not so young anymore. But I still yeah, love the young people. And I, I I feel like I relate to them. And I feel like that in some strange way, they still relate to me. But here's what I have observed. Is it? The knowledge of the Word of God is just not in them. 
It's just not there. You take some of these young people, you just ask them basic questions. Ask them, who's Daniel in the Bible? Or who was David? Who was was Solomon? They won't tell you. They don't know. They just don't know. And you see, this is what Mr. Kahn was talking about in the book, uh, The Return of the Gods. He said, when the house is left empty, then... The spirits will come in, but it won't be the spirit of, of, of God. It'll be the spirits of the enemy. And he said there'll be seven more, and they'll be much more wicked. Well, so now we're in a generation. We don't know what they're listening to on those headsets. We don't know. But I tell you, <laughs> uh, six years ago, maybe, at the CYMI Youth Camp over at Defuniac Springs. I asked a young man that I knew, I said, uh, I want you to give me some words to some of these songs that these young people are listening to today. So he did. And uh, then in the service at youth camp, I was a speaker, I would play some of these lyrics of these songs and I put the words up on the wall (laughs) I put the words up on the wall and these young people (gasps) Pastor King we can't believe that you put something like that on the wall and I said but you've been putting it in your head you've been putting this in your mind and you know what they said we didn't know we we didn't know what the words were. We're hearing it. We're listening to it. We got it on our headset. We didn't know. We didn't know that's what those words were. I said, well, I guarantee your spirit has heard every bit of it. Then you see, this is what we're dealing with. Now, let's look at this. So let's 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 see. What's happening in the church? Well, for one thing, this is what I see. I see the ladies. The ladies are pretty faithful. I don't see the men. Uh, every now and then, they show up. And uh, here they are, priests of their families. Men. We're responsible for the spiritual life and development of our children and uh, I don't know that we always take that real serious. Now, any dad, he's going to make sure they got enough money in their pocket to make sure they got a safe car to drive if they're driving, make sure they get a good education. We're concerned about all of those things. But no real concern about what's happening in their spiritual development, which is the most important thing in anybody's life. You see, because we're not aware. We're not aware. It's like the song that we just sang to you, I just played to you. It's a battle. It's a battle. We're involved in a battle here. And I guarantee you, the enemy, he's quite serious about it. I'm not so sure. I'm not so sure about the church. I'm not so sure about the these men who are 
priest of our homes and responsible for the spiritual development of our children. I'm not so sure whether or not we take this as serious as we should. But I assure you this, the battle is raging and it's a war. It's a war for the souls of the next generation. And uh, the thing is that as it was in the days of Jesus Christ when the gospel was presented in the, the revival fires that came out of that little room on the day of Pentecost where it said that they're filling the whole city with their doctrine. And the revolution, the Christian revolution that swept across the land as a the Apostle Paul and Silas and Barnabas and these men risked their lives to carry the gospel, and it took it took hold, and uh, it burned across the continent. The question is, are we going to see that again? Are we going to see that again? That's going to eradicate the things that have become dominant in our culture and society today. That's the only thing that's going to change anything. And I know, you know, you listen to the uh, politicians and the, and the talk show people, and they're, they're talking about, well, we need to do this political thing and this political thing. And I said, oh, yeah, I understand all that, but that's not what's going to change America. That's not what's going to change the world. It's a It's a fire that burns in the heart and souls of man led by the Holy Spirit of God. So I believe that calls for some prayer. The triumphant Quartet. He calls on he a hill called Calvary. He suffered it That's right, because of his great love. <laughs> Amen, because he loved us. That's a, a song that just, every time I, I hear it, it just ministers to my heart. <laughs> Triumphant Quartet, because he loved me. And this is the Gospel on the Radio talk show. I'm here every Sunday morning. I hope that you are one of my regular listeners that you tune in every Sunday morning. We prepare our hearts to go to church and hear the word of God preached and uh, worship the Lord. And uh, I told you this already, but just in case you don't have a regular church that you attend, maybe you're new to town, new to the area, why don't you come worship with us at Freedom Road? I think you'll enjoy our congregation. They, they're they just good people. We love the Lord. And uh we start at 11.05. We're at 7.20 Capital Circle Northeast in the Crescent Park Plaza. We're right down the road from uh, Easterwood Drive, between Easterwood Drive and Park Avenue on Capital Circle, heading toward Park Avenue. You'll find us on the right-hand side of the road. We put our sign out there on Sunday morning where you can find us. FRCM 
www.sunnyschoolchurch.us. You can find us there. Come worship with us. We'd love to meet your family. Sunday school, 10 o'clock, regular worship service, 11.05. Now, finishing this up here today, next generation. When uh, when I stepped out of the uh, work with the Southeast region, now understand, I'm doing all this volunteer. I'm, I'm a, a pastor, a businessman. I've, I've, I've been running a business uh Oh, I've always been what they called bivocational, and uh, and then like the pastor in the church, and uh, so when I stepped out of it, God had given me a a burden, and I still carry this burden, and, and the burden is simply this: is that the Word of God and young people connected, trying to make that connection, and uh, I'm convicted in my heart because I have not found out or figured out or have or maybe I just haven't heard it from the Lord yet how to go about doing this and uh, and I, I know some things that I've learned along the way that I believe that uh, young people are will be uh, attracted to but getting the word to the young people and getting them assembled together to be able to do to do this ministry has been a struggle for me, and uh, so I'm asking your prayers about that. Just pray that uh, God would begin to show me how to go about this. But uh, one of the things is that one of the books that I'm trying to get written, Fundamentals of Spiritual Life, I believe it would be a great tool to put in the hands of uh, adult leaders who could gather a few and and just meet with them once a week and just share these materials with them with the word of God. And I can see this happening all over the world through the power of the radio ministry. But uh, these things take time and they take money to be able to be done. And, of course, uh, uh, God has money, and uh, he makes that available as we need it. Perhaps God would lay that on your heart to want to be involved in something like that. But... Um, I do covet your prayers because we have to bring the word of God into the presence and the hearts of the next generation to reach them and uh, to be able to get them to turn off their devices long enough to hear. So basically, uh, we've already had one song that said this, it's a battle. But the Kingsmen, they say it very, very well. Can you hear the battle cry? Who is on the Savior's side? Help us lift the blood-stained banner high. right can you hear it the battle cry because i'm telling you we are we're in a dark time i believe and especially right now i mean here we have seem like the the whole world could just break out in war and uh it's just a dark time but the winds of revival spiritual renewal that's that's the answer that's the only answer church it's time to pray 
hear the sounds of the battle cry. God's people, the mighty army of God with banners going forth. Praising him, Lord of Lords, King of Kings. Father God, I pray. I pray, God, for this next generation. And Lord, I pray for all of our families and for the moms and the dads. Lord, let us be spiritual leaders. Let us be those who are involved in connecting our young people to the word of God. And we pray for them. And Father, I pray for our churches, that God, they would be strong. Our pastors would be men and women who preach and proclaim God's word, his true word. We pray for America. God, we need your help so bad, so desperately we need your help. And Father God, I pray for peace, peace in this world, peace in the city of Jerusalem and the nation of Israel. I pray these things in Jesus' name. Amen. Until next Sunday morning, may the Lord bless you.